So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast from Sports Kingdom Wrestling. Check out the rest of our audio offerings, including episodes of Legion of Raw with Vince Russo every Monday night into Tuesday, Smack Talk with Dutch Mantel every Friday into Saturday, and content nearly six days a week, including pay-per-view post shows. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Also, check out all these shows in our video versions on YouTube and Facebook Watch. All right, it is Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. You know what that means. It is time for Smack Talk here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. I am Rick Uccino. Dutch, joining me as always, SP3. He is actually in Minneapolis. He is uh, vacating the building now uh, from Rampage after the show that just wrapped up a few minutes ago. He'll be joining us as long as he can get a cell signal. Sometimes that's not always a guarantee. But at least he has a valid excuse for not being on the show right now. New look show this week. Dutch has got the haircut. He's looking clean. What's I did get a haircut. On? Hey, can you tell I, I got a haircut? I, I noticed. Oh, I couldn't. I, I couldn't take that hair anymore. I just had to go. I had a breakdown today. I said I gotta go, and I went down there. And some woman who didn't speak English, of course, she cut my hair. But she, hey, I think she cut it very good. So I, it looks good. You kept the mustache. Then you ever? I, I did. Well, she wanted. You to ever cut thought that about? Off. Have you ever thought about shaving off the mustache? No. <laughs> Never. Well, he grew. It grew in stages. You know, it grows a little bit here. Then you get the Fu Manchu, and then it comes out a little bit, and pretty soon it just takes it takes a life of its own. So, yeah, I'm 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 going through that right now. Uh, this is this is week two of the the growing process uh, right here, getting this this bad boy back in and filling in. It's coming in nicely. It's coming in nicely. Uh, make sure to get your comments in, guys. We got uh, SmackDown to talk about two hours worth, ups and downs tonight. I think the same for Rampage. They almost had a perfect show in my book, and then it got to uh, the end. If you have Super Chats, you want to get them in like Ozzy. Yes, I know. Hey, Ozzy, I guarantee you they won't lose this week because they're on a bye. Uh, yeah, we'll they're, they're, not, they're not playing. They're not playing. I guarantee they won't lose. UC Bearcats, 10-0. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, but uh, get your comments in for Dutch. Get your questions in for Dutch. We'll try to answer them as much as possible. Dutch, we'll start off with the big question of the night. Who had the better show in your opinion? Well, I didn't much like SmackDown. I think I'm going to have to say, except for that last match on Rampage, I think they had the better show. But that last match was just a hodgepodge, and there was too much going on. And did you see, uh, I, we'll talk about this later. Did you see Hardy drop the elbow right at the very end? Yes, I did. He missed him by this far. I, 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 says, don't, I don't think that was intended to hit Orange Cassidy. I think that was like the, how you do know, you know like, that? How do you know that? 
I, I've said, I what think. are you, are, are you like damn Rick, the magnificent now you can read people's minds or what? No, what I think that was, cause I, I was confused at first too. I'm like, yeah, he, he missed him by a mile, but I think I'm sitting there going, did he do that as a fake? I just dropped him with something, but I'm like, this is a lumberjack match. It wouldn't matter if he tried to do that anyway. I think that was Hardy trying to do some heel work. You know, the old uh, Eddie Guerrero type <laughs> it thing. Didn't, it didn't work. Yeah, it, it was just confusing. He didn't. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be AEW botches <laughs> all week long. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite like uh, Twitter accounts is AEW botches. Hey, did they did they did AEW go after that guy who put that up and made him take it all down? I have no earthly idea. Yeah, they they went after him. Thing, to be completely honest with you, I'll tell you what. I'll, one of the okay. Well, let me say this before we get started. Yeah, go ahead. They kind of made up to you for no girls matches tonight. Oh, hell because, yeah. Because the first 30 minutes was all female. Yes. Yes. We will. Let's just dive right into that. We'll start with SmackDown. And uh, if SP3 can uh, join us, we'll uh, we'll jump a little all over the place. And Dutch, you, I'm glad you brought up botches because one of the, the best things I saw all night came off of a uh, a recovery from a botch and i have a question for you later about botches, okay. but okay. we'll get to that when we get to rampage i do agree with you i think rampage was the better show tonight uh for about the first 40 minutes i'm i'm with you on the uh, the, the finish and the main event which we'll get to there were a lot of things that i did like about smackdown as a whole and that was mostly the focus on the women's division tonight they had everybody out there uh, I thought the open to the show was great. Sonya Deville introducing the, the SmackDown uh, Women's Survivor Series team, which was announced over the weekend on social media. I know a lot of people uh, made some hubbub about that, that they acted like they didn't really think that this kind of matters, putting this out there on social media. Uh, but she introduces Shotzi, Natty, Shayna Baszler, uh, Aaliyah, and then Sasha Banks is announced as the team captain. And then before really anything else can happen, boom, here comes Naomi. Huge pop from the crowd in Norfolk. That crowd was hot all night long. You love to see it uh, yep. uh, on a great, uh, on a SmackDown episode, a WWE show. Love that. Huge pop, pop for Naomi. She didn't have to say anything. We don't get one of these like really long opening segments like I thought we were, where each girl is going to talk and it's just going to be some kind of awkward exchange. Nah, it was just Sasha wants to go after Shotzi. Uh, Naomi wants to go after Sonya for not being put on the team, more disrespect, and then all chaos breaks loose. They go to commercial break. You knew it was setting up the Teddy Long special. We come back, six-woman tag team match, and then, yeah, they get the whole that whole first half hour. And I'll tell you what, Naomi I thought was impressive in this match, Dutch. but She was. The person who stood out to me, and I got to give her a ton of credit because when she was announced as a member of the Survivor Series team on social media, there were a lot of people who were just shitting on her. And I thought she showed up and showed out tonight. Aaliyah, as far as great first impressions go, that was her first match on SmackDown. Yes. She's been in NXT and developmental for seven years. Mm -hmm. This was her first match. How old is it? How old is that girl? Uh, That I'm not 26. I heard something about 19. Did she start when she was 19? Uh, possibly Sid's the historian. Uh, let me see. She is yeah, 26. So she's been WWE since she was 19. So this was her first match tonight on SmackDown. I thought she, as far as first impressions go, I thought she absolutely knocked it out of the park and the crowd was behind her too. Yeah. 
Well, let me tell you about knocking it out of the park. She had help. They wanted her to knock it out of the park, so they were yeah. they were working sure. with her, and they, they did a good job. far as I'm looking at her, if she's had seven years' experience, she's still very uh, iffish. I mean, she's... She will, she'll be better, but I, I'm watching her tonight. I said, that girl's not quite ready to be in this spot, but she may be, and I just may have read it wrong. But if she's had seven years, it seemed like she would be more fluid. But good-looking girl, and she'll get over if they stay with her. Yeah, and they, they went with the, the babyface sympathy angle because I I don't know. Sonia's now spreading her disrespect to, to other women, or maybe it was the fact that Aaliyah got the win because she teamed up with Naomi. But at the end of the night, Aaliyah gets kicked off of the Survivor Series team. So they're starting to make some changes and some shuffling around. We don't know who's replacing her at this point, but she got a great crowd reaction. You're right. She did have help. A lot of talent in that ring. I think Natalia did a lot of uh, a lot of she really did. good stuff tonight. She um, did. Setting up a lot of great people. The, the spinning lariat was great from her, by the way, uh, on the offense. Uh, again, though, Naomi, I look at Naomi and the reactions that she gets. Oh, she's over. Yes, she is over. The performances she does in the ring are great. I, She is long overdue, in my opinion, uh, for another run with the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. It yeah. has been a long time since she's had it now. They've handled her story with patience and just little increments here and there. And eventually you can see it coming. But what I'm saying is I'm glad they're pulling the trigger on it because they've taken it about as far as they can go. And I was thinking maybe what's the next pay-per-view uh, Survivor Series? Yeah. I thought we – and we still got two weeks, right? Yeah, uh, a week from Sunday. Okay. So we got one more Raw. One, one more, more show. show. Yeah. And I was expecting we would get uh, Naomi versus uh, Sonya there. And we still could maybe. We still could. But now we have to replace Aaliyah. She has been pulled. I don't think they're going to pull Aaliyah. Sonya wouldn't pull Aaliyah to put Naomi on there. So I'm thinking maybe we get Tony Storm. I'm not sure who else is uh, out there on the roster that we haven't seen in, in quite some time. I counted maybe the Sonya girls herself on there. Yeah, well, maybe. I counted the girls tonight 10. I, I think that's the entire roster. 10 girls. And it looked, you got that Storm girl just coming in. You got Charlotte. She's brand new. Aaliyah, is that her name? Aaliyah? Yeah, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, she, she's new. So you at least got some new talent to work with. And it's not the same thing. I am glad tonight we didn't see Corbin and Mudflap any more than we saw. We just saw them in the back. And I quit calling him Mudflap. That is <laughs> that is really disrespectful, Rick. You should be ashamed for saying that, really. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So, I, 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 hey, I'm, she called herself, uh, Charlotte Flair, called herself, the star maker. Yeah. Um, you, you know, know who called me. I know exactly who you're going. I know where you're going with this. Cause I said this out loud. As soon as she said that, I'm like, yeah. who wrote this crap? Kenny Bolin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's exactly saying, where I went. that's my name. You can't take my name. But, but anyway, yeah, I like the, uh, the girls match. I think it went a little too long. Just a little bit. So your big, your big complaint is they go too short. Yeah, I thought now, I thought they had I thought they had a they, of time tonight. Yeah. yeah, as long as they had an Naomi in there, they were fine. My so. my only complaint for the for the women's division tonight, because I thought I thought everything they did really, really worked. 
My complaint with the women's division tonight is the segment between Charlotte and Tony. And it's not because Charlotte went face to face with Tony. That's fine. It's that Tony came out there after having all of, I think maybe two or three matches since she's called up and she's lost the last two and is going up against Charlotte saying, Hey, I want to, I want a women's title shot. And they just did the same thing over on, uh, on raw with, uh, Lib Morgan, Lib Morgan, who was losing her matches, and then she stepped up to Becky. At least Lib won a number one contenders match, so now she has, in you know, storyline purposes, earned that shot. So now they have Tony get beat in the first round of the Queen's Crown tournament, and then she disappears. And now she's coming back because they got to figure out a challenger for uh, for Charlotte Flair. So presumably she's going to lose. Hopefully she looks good in defeat, but. It, 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 I just wish they would have built up a little bit more mental yep. for her before throwing her in that position. Not that she's not great on her own and can hang with Charlotte, but it just doesn't make sense from a storyline standpoint. Uh, I, I, I was reading something there. The, the The thing that bothered me about the girls' match is even even though Shotsky and Sasha went head up in the beginning, they didn't wrap it up with that. During the match, they never went in there with each other. Right. So that to me, that's a missed opportunity. I mean, there, you, there, I, you, I think. I, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I think they're holding that off because they did announce that those two are going to fight next week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you would say, and after what happened last week, they should still be kind of hot at each other, and like, and they some... they never actually went one on one in the six man. No. They didn't. Did you they? think maybe somebody would have made a purpose of going after one or the other at some well, point? Well, one can point a finger, you, me, and you, and the other one can step out. At least they've uh, paid it a little bit of attention, even though they don't go. So I don't know. But actually, I got some comments about SmackDown as, a, as opposed to Rampage. We'll get to those a little later. Uh, Ozzy asking a question. What is going on with Bailey? Uh, Bailey is still recovering from uh, her knee injury. She had surgery a uh, couple months ago. There was talk she could be out for nine months. She's starting to put some photos out there up on uh, social media that uh, the rebuild, the remodel, as she's calling it, is is going well. So uh, hopefully we'll see her back uh, sooner than, rather than later. My pipe dream is she'll uh, you know, be there for WrestleMania, I'm hoping. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Best of luck to, to Bailey. She is sorely, sorely missed on television uh, for sure. So what did you think, Dutch, of – we'll stick with the women's division here before we move on to the guys – Mm-hmm. What did you think of Charlotte's promo uh, tonight? Because I know you have said in the past that you are uh, that you are not as big a fan of Charlotte on the mic as some other people are. No, I'm not a big fan of hers. I don't know why. I mean, she says the right words, but to me, it's just her saying words, and it's not. It's not she's she's not going all out on this promo. She's not buying the promo herself. It looks like to me. She's not committed to it. And if you're going to be committed to it, you got to deliver it. And I think she says the words, but you don't feel the words. She's just saying the words. It looked like at one point tonight, she kind of got lost and had to put her head down a minute and say, oh, where am I going next? And she had the people saying, ooh, oops. Uh, she had yeah, them saying, saying that. But that, uh, that uh-oh stuff just jumped the shark for me real damn Oh, yeah, it did. I'm saying, uh-uh, they're not going to do that. But but I'm just, I'm not a, you know, everybody else might be really crazy about her. I'm not. I don't know why. Nothing with her work. She works hard. She works great. But I'm saying, I'm, I just don't feel her at all. 
Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at it because I, I did like I do like that they're taking these the 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 storyline or the the rumors that there is actual backstage heat between her and Becky leading into this match. Uh, Becky did an interview uh, with Sports Illustrated this week where I I honestly could not tell one way or the other if she was being serious or if it was a work or a shoot, she was asked flat out, do you trust Charlotte Flair? Are there issues between you and Charlotte Flair? And all she said was, no, I don't trust her. And yes, we have issues. Mm -hmm. and, and which is brilliant on Becky's part, because it's like, I don't know if she's, she's working us or, or not. And I like that they are playing into that on television because that makes for compelling stuff. Look at Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, but yeah, I'm not sure if Charlotte's, promo tonight was really the best way to go from something that hey look i hate this chick and then going uh oh or oh no or whatever the <laughs> hell it was that she was saying it was just so goddamn dumb it's like these writers don't know what women say or how women talk well to me i think the writer should go up to charlotte and say what would you say and give us they can already have it written how they want it but say, how, how would you lead into this and have her give the writer her version of it? And if it is good, I doubt if the writer will take her to Vince because that makes them look inadequate, insufficient. So if they take in the talent up there and says, well, she wants to do this interview for you, Vince don't have time for that. Yeah. I mean, if, they're, if they got to this level, they should be able to pull off a convincing interview. Tonight, I think she she tried. It, it just didn't. It just well, it's about time. We got to run in. We got to run in. I'm gonna ring the bell. Ring the bell. Live, <laughs> live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. It is SP3, ladies and gentlemen. Right after uh, Rampage finished up there. SP3, how we doing, good sir? You got us. You hear us? Everything good? You got a good cell signal? Yeah, I hear y'all guys good. I hear y'all complaining about SmackDown. Uh, I'm not surprised. It's a Friday, so that seems about right. Um, it had its ups and downs, for sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rampage uh, was good for until, like, the last 15 minutes. I think no the, kidding. No the, kidding. Main, the main event just uh, let everybody down. That's kind of the general consensus. From, Nobody from, knew what was going on. You guys, you guys are lucky. I know y'all had a commercial break in there. We had to watch the whole match. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, the, the Dante and Davari match was awesome. Uh, that was awesome. good. That, that was, was good. great because both guys were just completely over with the Minneapolis crowd, both being hometown boys. The opener was really good with Jungle Boy and uh, Bobby Fish. I did not realize how over Jungle Boy was. Like, people were, were legit partying, partying to his theme song like it's oh yeah a, it, it's just a overall party feel when uh when he comes out and just the aew experience in general even the star like watching from dark to rampage it's like a complete party and you know even if you don't know the person next to you you kind of just want to be like hey we just made friends and stuff like that it's cool it's 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 a cool vibe at the aew events i will say mm -hmm. was this your first one your first aew show or have you been to other ones my first one since the pandemic. I went to All Out 2019. So this is like my my first event going to in like two years. So it was very cool. Um, I, I, I sent a whole bunch of pictures to the social media team so you could see some other stuff. But yeah, I mean, probably the most notable thing from the stuff you didn't see was uh, Max Caster dropping a rap uh, and saying, how y'all the dark order when all y'all are white? Great stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a hell of a line. 
great line. I just I just love that line. So if if anybody doesn't want to watch Dark, that's a little spoiler. That was that was the best part of it. But <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, I really I did enjoy Rampage other than the main event. What about you guys? We said the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. That that last one was just all over the place and nobody really gave a nobody cared. No, I, I don't Sid, we, we were a little confused by what Matt Hardy did at the end. So you had the blade come in and, and drop Orange Cassidy with the Nux, and then Hardy just kind of flat backs it. Look, I, I didn't know if he was trying to do like the, the heel move, like, oh, I just dropped Cassidy and now I'm going to cover him since the ref's back is turned, or if he just missed an elbow. Either way, I, the, the, the heel stuff didn't make sense because it was a damn lumberjack. There's no freaking rules anyway. So I don't know what the hell he was doing. He yeah, dropped an I elbow mean, and missed him by this far. <laughs> yeah, I was confused by that as well. Like, I was just like, okay, this is like, you're, you're just trying to pretend like you hit the move that yeah, knocked him out know. and stuff. But yeah, it was no disqualification. Like, the referee was letting people get in and out of the ring and stuff. So it's like, why did you even need to do that? The only thing about the main event that I liked was Matt Hardy basically saying, hey, look, I'll give 20 grand to whoever knocks out Orange Cassidy. And then... All the, at first, I'm like, oh, well, all the Lumberjacks are just going to rush the ring and start taking out Cassidy, but they didn't. They all started no. fighting each other. Like, all right, well, I got to take this MFR out first, and then I'll go after Orange Cassidy. So that was fun. And then it was kind of all downhill uh, downhill from there. Dutch, I did want to ask you, though, about that Dante <laughs> Martin match. Yep. He's got, some, he's got some great moves. I have never in my life seen a guy who could – just visibly slow down when he's midair. It is insane what that guy can do. He literally can fly. Did, well, he did one move. He stood on the top rope, which is, believe me, I couldn't do that if my life depended on it. I'd fall and kill myself. Because first of all, I'm blind to start off with. But you've got to have tremendous balance and control of your body. And I think he hooked him in like a head a head scissors and took him over. Yeah. That was the best head scissors I've seen in probably 10 years. Because most of them, they, they, they get going, I get, get going and then they lose it. The guy loses his feet off. But this, this, uh, what, what's that kid name he, he worked with? He's Aria Navari. Navari. Yeah, he held him all the way. So yeah. that was, that was good. Good finish. Very good guy. Solid. Yeah, very, the, very solid. He and he, they told a good story with him. They want him to sign the contract, read yeah. it first. Now there's a cliffhanger on that, and I'm glad he didn't try to sign it or water it up and throw it away. Let it be on what's in it. So I, that, Dante, that was good. Dante Martin is, I mean, he's got all the tools I think to be a great professional wrestler. But the thing that and, and Dutch, you could speak on this too. He makes the simple and little things look extraordinary he knows how to stand out he doesn't just do a sunset flip that guy jumps in the air hangs down lifts his head flops around does a sun I'm like yeah. i He's can almost do a sunset bad. flip it, it trust me i can but i can't make it look like that well he goes over and then he grabs yeah then he goes over down. He, 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 uh, he's almost defying gravity it looks like i mean he, he does he does down. some great stuff he slows down midair and then finishes his move. It's some of the craziest shit that I've ever seen. What was it like watching him live? Oh, just just amazing. Like I know Neville had the uh, nickname, the man that gravity forgot. 
but that gravity never even met Dante Martin. Like he doesn't <laughs> deal with gravity. Like it's really amazing how he like pauses in the air. His uh his dive to the outside. He does like how a flat is that foot. kid? He's twenty. Yeah. Good. Wow. So he's he's got the rest of his career ahead of him. But that that dive he did where he just he just jumped to the top rope like with ease and then did the dive. It was it, it's just amazing to watch, especially in person. Mm-hmm. All all but I, I want. All I want now, at, at some point in my life, before I go, is to see Dante Martin versus Ricochet at some point in my life. Just give those guys an hour to do all of the flippy dippy shit. I like, got that. I got that book Sunday, Rick, in my backyard. <laughs> we can invite oh, me down. I, I forgot to tell you. After, after, hold on, um, hold on one second. Rock Jordan, great minds think alike. Boom! Literally dropped that as I said it. I read. I read you, Rock Jordan T five. I got you. That'd cost I, you five bucks. <laughs> I was going to say, after, like, after Wednesday, I want to see Leo Rush versus Dante Martin. Like, Leo Rush was a mate, was fantastic on Wednesday. So, those two can make magic together. Ricochet is, is too busy being happy he ain't get released to, to do something like that. So, mm-hmm. you, it's like we're speaking this into the comment section as Steven agrees with you, Dante versus Leo Rush. So, Either way, both those damn matches would be uh, would be fantastic. The, the one thing though that got me excited the most tonight, uh, and and Dutch, you can speak to this, or, or maybe Sid would can speak to it a little bit better. Just a, it's amazing what a simple little face off can do. When you had Adam yeah. Cole and Hangman Adam Page in the same frame at the same time for just five seconds, my mind just goes freaking nuts, and I'm like, "Yep, I want it. Give it to me right now. I want it. I want it right now." Uh, and then they moved in, and I love what Hangman did tonight. It was so simple but so powerful. He's like, look, I'm sorry. I was an ass. I cost you a tag title shot. You got me back. You cost me a world title shot. We're even. You F with me tomorrow night, I will end you. He didn't mm-hmm. go over the top. He didn't go full Roman Reigns hot. He never changed his tone. But it was incredible just the – the inflection you felt every damn thing he did tonight. I thought now, see, you see that interview, you felt the interview, right? Yeah. I didn't feel we're talking about Charlotte Flair just a moment ago. I didn't feel anything in her interview. But when him talking, I don't even know the story, but I'm seeing what happened was pretty serious. And since I hadn't seen Hangman Page in a while, so he's coming back and there's some scores that's going to have to be settled. See, they told that whole story without telling the story. And that's the beauty of pro wrestling. If you take, if you take your time with it, and know what you're doing, and I don't know whose idea that was to do that. It could have been their idea, uh, but they did it right, which got it got my interest. So what's yeah. what's going on here now? I'm ready for it. Yeah, and there is a lot of history between you know Hangman and the and the Bucks, and obviously Hangman and Omega. This is a storyline, and I said this on Inside Cradle this week, uh, every Thursday, eight o'clock. Myself and Kev Kellum. This is about as well as you can book a long-term story, with everything yeah. from Hangman getting his first AEW World Title shot against Kenny Omega, uh, everything that he did, or excuse me, against Chris Jericho, everything that he did as a tag team with Kenny Omega, splitting up from the Elite, joining forces with the Dark Order. <laughs> going through the whole alcoholic phase and finding his confidence again and now getting this shot. This is his moment tomorrow night, and it is going to be fantastic. I'm I'm totally jealous that you were going to be there to see this, Sid. 
because predictable isn't bad, isn't always bad. I think everybody on the planet knows Hangman Adam Page is winning this damn thing tomorrow. And it would be a, a highway robbery if he doesn't, to be completely honest. Well, there's, there's people out there that believe that there's a chance Kenny Omega can get the victory, and that's okay. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's totally fine because that makes it even better of what the stuff that we're going to well, see. Uh, got, not, not really it's okay because you don't get a second chance to make a first start. No, no, I'm saying the, fans, I mean? ex, the fans' expectations, thinking that Omega has a chance of winning. I totally agree with you, Dutch, that it is the time to pull the trigger on Hangman. He can't, he can't keep losing. He's lost the, the world title match against Chris Jericho. They lost the tag team titles. He lost the world title eliminator finals last year. He lost against uh, the Elite in July. He has to win here. They, but have, a good, I, they have a good card, too. I, th I think that the fact that there is some fans that think Kenny can win is going to make the crowd reaction even better tomorrow. Well, that's good because they need to think that. Because yeah. remember when I talked about you got to put these fans in the zone. And when they're in that zone, they enjoy being in the zone. I do. But what's going to happen, and as long as it's, they got a good finish, people will buy it. They have a crap finish, they will shit all over that thing. And, and that's what I'm hoping that they have is a great finish. I'm hoping with Hangman talking to the Bucks tonight, that means we don't see the Bucks in the main event. I don't want any of this gang war shit uh, that we saw literally in every damn match tonight. L every match, with the, exception of, with the exception of the uh, the, the squash, because I, I won't call Red Velvet getting involved gang wars. Uh, you you got to have at least four people for it to be gang wars. Uh, yeah. But I just want Omega and Hangman clean as a sheet, no BS. Let's find out who the better man is and have Hangman win this mother uh, effort. Excuse me. Uh, it's not quite uh, that late for that kind of language, but uh, that's beep, what I want to see tonight. Beep, beep, beep. That or that's what I tomorrow night. I just want clean as a sheet. Hangman's the better man on that night, and let's go. The there is. I know the money's in the chase, but eventually you got to find the pot at the end of the rainbow. And tomorrow night is Hangman's time. I tr I hope anyway, and I think it is. I totally agree, and that's why I'm here to watch it all unfold live. I gotta run because my phone is about to die, though, fellas. You're seeing uh, you're seeing history there. Exactly, and that's I, a big I, that's a big building, isn't it? It's it holds about thirteen thousand. It was about I thought it was like, bigger. Than, I thought it held about sixteen. No, I think it's uh, thirteen thousand is the count, and then I think um. Uh, I had about like nine to ten thousand tonight, and then it's. A, I think it's going to be like over eleven thousand tomorrow. Mm -hmm, good. All right. Oh, well, to, tomorrow night, Sid, check in. We got the uh, the full gear post show. Myself, Kev Kellum, uh, 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 Jeremy Bennett. We're all going to be on. So make sure uh, to save some of that battery just enough uh, to hop on us with a, a, a live reaction there from uh, Minneapolis. We appreciate you checking in, good sir. Sid, Sid, before, Sid, before you go, I just want to tell you that Rick was talking bad about you. And I took up for you tonight. I expect nothing less. I'm just, thank you. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you know. Before Th you thank came you, on. Dutch. I, I know you. I'm, you I'm all. Me. It's me and you, man. I, I'll always defend you, man. I don't care what, what Rick says about you. That's why I'm the I number one, funny. the number one Dutch Mantel fan, and, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right, take care of yourself, man. Uh, take enjoy care, guys. yourself. Appreciate it. SP3 live from uh, Minneapolis after Rampage. Uh, just staying on Rampage, Dutch, because we kind of just uh, touched on most of the show. I think the best thing I saw tonight, we talked about botches earlier. The best <laughs> thing I saw tonight was Jungle Boy. Oh, my recovering God. Recovering.
from that yeah. botch when he slipped and, on the top rope and was still able to flip and get into the arm drag. I thought I, that was, I don't think that was a botch. I think that was a plan. It looked smooth as hell, so you might be right. right. No, I think it was. And then he almost, he missed another almost. And I said, well, but I think that first one, and the only thing, I'm going to say that because he took it, he took it so evenly and he went off. But my advice to him, if he's going to do that again, he needs to sell that more. But then again, since he didn't sell it, it may have been a mistake. But again, if you look at it, and I'm looking at it, I'm, th I'm saying it was planned. You're saying it's not. So we're both in that zone now. So did he, right. he mean to do it? I think he's done it too many times to botch it like that. So, Well, I mean, mistakes happen. I mean, they do. You know, you slip. The top rope could have been a little bit slippery from somebody. You've been in a, probably a ton of situations like that, which brings me to my big question tonight. Yep. What is the worst botch that Dutch Mantel has ever been a part of? Okay, this is the story, and I've told this before. This wasn't even a botch. I was running to the ring in this building one night. It was somewhere in friggin' Arkansas. It was like this big, little, well, not that big, but it was like, but it had a concrete floor, and that concrete floor had been like uh, sealed. Okay, yeah, yeah. Somebody spilled a Coke. And right when I got to that ring, I was about probably 10 or 12 feet from it. I hit that, flew through the air, <laughs> landed, and went up under the ring. Oh, I stayed up under there for about a minute because I was so embarrassed. And then when I come out, the people were rolling, laughing. And what are you going to do? Like you, uh, so you were the original Titus World Slide. When oh, he yeah, did that at the Greatest Royal Rumble, he, but he just tripped over his feet. Yeah, he tripped, but I slid. But I, and then when I, I, I had a little speed too, and I went up and came down right in front of the ring and kept sliding. And I slid right up, and just my head was sticking out. Well, I pulled my head in because I was embarrassed. And I stayed in there, and I'm, I'm hoping people will think I was really hurt. Right, then they, yeah. they, so then they would feel a little sorry for me, maybe. And I come out, oh, and I was saying, oh, my God, oh. But they were still laughing. So. A concrete, you, let, you went up in the air and land, did a belly flop on a concrete floor. You're lucky you weren't actually injured. To be well, it, was that, well, it wasn't a belly flop. It was like a, a, still a backdrop. Oh, and cool. I landed feet first and on my back and kept sliding. Oh, I never, I never did forget that. So, but anyway, in my match that night, I actually sold the back and the leg because everybody saw me get hurt. So I sold that during the match, which made what? sense. I thought, yeah, no, it's makes a ton of sense. Uh, as that should have been about. a WWE champion. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of agreeing with you, but it wasn't to be. <laughs> Was there ever a time that you thought you might be? What a WWE champion? Hell no. <laughs> Not no, but hell no. See, I got there late. Even my first time there, I got there late. Because, you know, I'm not an overly big guy. And Vince, you know, remember when he wanted those monsters? Well, I wasn't a monster. I've never been a monster. You know, not physically. I've probably been a monster and some other stuff maybe, but... Uh, I wasn't the right size even when I was the first time, but he made me a manager then, which was okay. Then I came back as a manager, which was okay. But my second run there was a lot better than the first. The second one was, I mean, they, that had some money behind it. The first one, not so much. So, 
I mean, Vince is not the, the golden calf everybody thought he was at the time. Because I remember some guys there, I remember uh, Shane Douglas had one time, he says, I made more money in uh, ECW than I'm making here. And I thought he was bullshit until I got my check. I said, damn. <laughs> he's right. So, <laughs> But the thing is, you know, if you go in there and complain about money, they, they'll just cut you. It's like now. There is no, uh, unless you're one of the top five, six, or eight, there is no security in wrestling. I don't give a crap if you got a, if you have a contract or not. They can cut you, and that's what the contract says. They can cut you for any reason at any time with a 90-day notice or a 30-day notice or whatever or whatever the contract says. So, And I was thinking tonight about WWE and AEW. They're basically two different business models. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, because AEW, they try to do traditional stuff, and WWE is, is really a performance co uh, company. They want, like we were talking last week, they want athletes, actors, singers, people like that. Right. And they don't, they don't want anybody that's had any, any uh, former wrestling experience. So all the indie guys wanting to go to WWE, I don't want to disillusion you, but I don't want you to think that the indie, that the indie round is, is going to be a, the ticket to get inside WWE because I, after I've heard what I've heard, now it's, they'll just go to Broadway to find people, I guess. I don't know what else they're going to do. Yeah, and it's, you know, when I was in, I'm trying to think, where, where was that SummerSlam for J Vegas? J yeah, so I was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not jail. When, when, okay. when I was in the SummerSlam for Vegas, they had that open tryout Yeah, uh, at Las Vegas. And, you know, Triple H kind of did this, this post-press uh, conference kind of a thing. And he was talking about that because it was right around those times that those reports came out that the WWE wasn't looking at the indie guys and they were looking for, you know, the, the big athlete, you know, Braun Strowman type guys, you know, those ninth wonder of the world type people that they could mold into professional wrestlers. And, and Triple H talked about, you know, it's like, look, we're looking for everybody. That's the, the spiel that he gave because we want a little bit of something because it, it's a variety show to them. It's why yes. they throw out Mad Cat Moss and 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 Baron Corbin out there to to do their whatever joke segment. I don't think it's working, but maybe it's working for somebody out there. I'd like to know who that is so they can be you know mentally examined because it ain't working for me. Let but, me ask you. Let me ask you something. Yes. Let's, are we through about? Are, are we through with Rampage? Yeah, I think we covered Rampage. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> but I, I did think they had the better show because I did too. Yeah. I I think one reason I've said it's for it's an hour. I can handle an hour. But the two hours with SmackDown, it's kind of tough to take. Now, I was watching, this is about over halfway through the show. They brought out Skid, what was it, Skid Row? Hit Row. Hit Row. And they did a rap segment uh -huh. that I couldn't understand what they were saying. Then they followed that with, what's his name? Jinder Mahal and Shanky. And, and they did rapping in Indian, I guess. I didn't understand that. And I'm thinking, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't know. I don't know what that was or what that was supposed to be. To me, that was, was it, was that it was odd? odd. It was odd. It was weird. And it just makes me go, man, at one point in his life, Jinder Mahal was a WWE champion. 
Yeah. Hell, he was a United States champion. This what what they had him doing tonight was almost as bad as three MB. To be completely honest with you, that's what it felt like. That feels that's like what it feels to me like where his spot is in the company. Like I I don't know if that's supposed to start a feud with Hit Row or 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 what's going on there. And that's the difference to me between SmackDown and Rampage is at least until the last fifteen minutes or so when we both agree everybody agree it kind of went off the rails. They do a fantastic job of cramming important stuff that actually means something into the show and they just keep it moving. Even their, their, their pay-per-view, you know, it's, they're not doing massive recaps. They actually do like almost like tiny little promo exchanges uh, in their, you know, well, promos for these upcoming pay-per-views. Everything means something and rampage SmackDown. It just feels like they're trying to kill the time, which should not be the case with a two hour show. You know how long it took Roman Reigns to get from the the entrance into the ring tonight, then he went to break. You know how long that took total? Uh, with the break included? Yeah. What was it, 12 minutes? Eight minutes. It took him five to go to the ring. Yeah. And then three for the break. By that time, I'm saying, please. You know, I, you know it's sad that the best part of the show is the – is the commercial for WrestleMania? That's the be- <laughs> that's the best part of the show. Uh, you know, would, you know, you know who would be a good advertiser on uh, on SmackDown? Who that? No Dose. You take those No Dose tablets and keep from passing out because I'm watching it and I'm going. There's nothing happening here. Even during the girls' match, which should have been good, but still, it had its like. It had its slow moments. They tried not to make it that way, but at least with the at least with the opening girls match, though, it was you had some things that were accomplished in that. Okay, let me ask you: when you saw the girls there, who did you think was going to win? Uh, I thought Naomi would get the win tonight, but okay, Aaliyah getting, I, but Aaliyah getting the win did make sense, and Naomi yeah, it did, did with that. It did, but I thought Aaliyah maybe was the one they would beat, too, if they was going to beat that side. They would beat her because she was the weakest link. Sure. And that but her, her going out there and getting the win, that, that was good. Now, I didn't understand when she got in the back and she was all excited about winning, and it's her first match on SmackDown. I didn't really understand Sonya coming up and taking it away from her. I know it was just out of, just out of spite, but... I mean, they, they got to figure this Sonya in against somebody quick. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing is like, we don't know what Sonya's motivations are. We don't even know why she has beef or why she has been disrespecting Naomi for all these weeks. Like her her motivations are still unknown to this point. But she has she is picking out people that she has beef with, whatever it is, and she is making their lives a living hell right now. And for Whatever reason, whether it was she teamed with Naomi or Naomi helped her get the win tonight or or whatever it was, Sonya has now a problem now with Aaliyah and with um and with Naomi. So it'll be interesting to see who takes that final spot because we saw the entire women's roster on there tonight, unless they're bringing somebody else up. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Uh, my what? my guess is they'll probably put Sonya will probably put herself in that spot if I had to guess. Well, she'd be a perfect choice to put herself in there. Let me ask you this. Yes. When, who went back to talk to Adam Pierce about something 
Yeah, we're. Who, we, I was going to get there. Who was that guy? That is Von Wagner. Uh, Von Wagner. Did they is, say? Did they say his name? No, that's the interesting did, thing. Did, Pat McAfee no sold it. That's like he had no idea who the hell he was, even though this guy has been tagging with Kyle O'Reilly in NXT. Yeah. So, but that's still relatively new. Like Von Wagner has pretty much been on TV weekly since they flipped over to NXT 2.0 and he's been yeah. doing the tag team thing with Kyle O'Reilly. I find it interesting because O'Reilly's contract is up in December and now we see Von Wagner on SmackDown tonight. But they didn't say who he was. They they basically pulled the Commander Aziz all over again. Even though mm -hmm. we knew him as Dabakato, they they acted like they had no idea who he was. And then they renamed him Commander Aziz. I have a bad feeling that's what they're doing with Von Wagner here. But Von Wagner still isn't as known as Dabakato is, at least to the to the main roster. So it, well, it I, I don't know what he was doing there. I thought well, I I thought I missed it. I actually backed it up and I said, Wait, did they say his name? They didn't find his name or anything. No. Remember, who was the other guy that's from England that's supposed to be Seamus's best friend? Who is that guy? Yeah, that's why Rich are Holland. They, why are they letting him talk? He can't even talk. <laughs> Uh, so Ridge Holland is an NXT call up. Uh, he he was in a tag team with a guy who uh, was just in uh, the last round of releases, but uh, he was called up. He was drafted to SmackDown. And this has kind of been another one of these weird things that he's been doing, because all of a sudden it's like and I can't even take credit for this. Uh, this was Ryan Satin who said this on Twitter. The thing that Ridge Holland is doing with Sheamus right now is almost like what Mickey James did with Trish Stratus. Like, to be completely honest, there's that kind of vibe there. He's a, he's a stan. Yeah. He is a Seamus stan account in an actual character. Yeah. Is what he is. And now, like, he and Cesaro are going to be fighting over Seamus? Like, I, I, I don't know. That seems, <laughs> that seems kind but of... But Seamus is going to come... Now, you think Seamus will deny knowledge of even knowing this guy? I would, uh, that's what I would do. If I had some guy who was like claiming to be my tag team partner and I don't even know who this mf -er is, yeah, I would probably know sell the guy too. Yeah, but to me, that's almost, and I don't see how the, uh, this guy's green too, right? Fairly, yeah. Yeah, so he's not gonna, I hate to put the like the stopper on it right in the beginning, but you can tell he doesn't, he hadn't been around wrestling long, has he? How long was he in NXT? Not, not very long, to be completely honest with you. One said WWE just freeballing if they have no clue what they're doing. <laughs> hey, they've been doing that for fifty years, just freeballing it. I just, I had to throw that comment up there. I just love that line, freeballing. Uh, uh, <laughs> see what they do? They throw. It's, it's like anything else. You throw it on the wall to see if any of it sticks. Yeah. Now I noticed something in that with Mustafa. He didn't yeah. say any of that. Uh, about his name or anything tonight, right? No, he didn't. You, you remember he said, wasn't it? Was it last week? He said, You're just you're just booing me because of my name. Yeah, that was either last week or two weeks ago. It was very or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But last, now they, last they week was the it. thing he did with Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah. And he just dropped it tonight, which is, I'm glad they did that because that's not going to get you anything. No. That will get you nowhere fast. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's what uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I don't know what he was trying to do with uh, with Aaliyah tonight. I think that was just, 
I think Aaliyah was kind of a pawn in that situation just to get Mustafa Ali and, and Ricochet on the same screen and kind of continue what they were doing. Well, uh, that's good because now she's the, they can bounce stuff off her right. back and forth and they'll get them in something. They'll have a great match. So, oh, and, and the girl's a good looking girl. You know what interview I didn't like tonight? Tony Storm. I didn't much like that interview either. Yeah, Didn't like you? I said, the 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 whole thing with her and Charlotte tonight just felt off. Like, I didn't think Tony believed what the hell she was, you know, <laughs> told to, to say out there. Uh oh, uh oh, we have lost Dutch. Dutch has uh, Dutch has dropped off. It's like the ending of Roger Rabbit. He just laughed himself into oblivion. We'll wait for Dutch to come back. You guys are watching Smack Talk here on the uh, Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channel. We do appreciate you guys. I have I'm seeing the comments, uh, you know, pouring in. I see you guys doing a lot of fantasy booking in the chat. I love to see that. I'm a I'm a big fantasy booker guy. Uh, if I'm going to be doing, uh, uh, look, uh, Penta and AJ Styles. I love the the AEW WWE Dream Match stuff because I know that uh, we'll we'll never. Uh, We'll probably never get that. Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega uh, would be really huge. Uh, get your comments in now, guys. Uh, you know, talking about what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, let's see. Am I Italian? Yes. Uh, yes, I am uh, Italian. If it start, if, my, if a last name starts and ends in a vowel, uh, it is uh, more than likely uh, Italian. Aero uh, would like to see uh, Becky Lynch versus Thunder Rosa. I would be uh, totally uh, down for that. Uh, Ryan asking, uh, who is going to replace uh, Sammy Zayn for team SmackDown? Here's my thought process on that. I think Von Wagner was there for a reason tonight. I think Von Wagner is going to be the guy that replaces Sammy Zayn on team SmackDown. That, that tonight wasn't necessarily my, my favorite match because I wanted Sammy to be on the team tonight. And I know, uh, somebody else in the chat earlier was talking about, uh, we need to talk about Sami Zayn uh, versus Jeff Hardy because that was the best match of the night. I, I didn't know who I, I wanted to win that match, to be completely honest with you, because I like both guys. I'll say this about Jeff Hardy, though. Jeff Hardy is still incredibly, incredibly over as we bring Dutch back in now. Uh, why, are you, why are you bumping me off, Rick? I, I, I said this was the ending of Roger Rabbit. You laughed yourself into oblivion right there. That's that's. <laughs> Sid that's, said you used to. Sid said you used to do stuff like that to him all the time. So. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. That's yeah. what he, that's what he said. I don't know if, if, if I don't like what you're saying, I'll just bump you because I have. Yeah, uh, yeah know, does it beep, beep? I want all the screen time for me, Dutch. Uh, I really Good. do. But uh, so, what were we talking about? What was I? Talking uh, well, about? we we kind of focused uh, the the chat and I kind of focused while you were gone, uh, pinpointing why Von Wagner was there tonight. I think he was a plant for a reason. I think he's going to be the guy that ends up taking Sami Zayn's spot. And we kind of melded into the Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn uh, saga tonight, where I, I, I like the fact that they're making changes to the Survivor Series team because it's almost like doing qualifying matches without actually doing qualifying matches. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of different. It's like the, the GMs, they, they pick their teams for each brand. And they're like, now, now we're rethinking some things. We saw this on Raw. Uh, with Dominic getting blown out uh, for Bobby Lashley. And now they have uh, two spots to fill tonight for the SmackDown. One for the women's team. I don't know who that's going to be. Probably going to be Sonya Deville. But I think Von Wagner being in that spot where he was with Sami Zayn, I think he's going to end up being the guy that takes Sami Zayn's spot tonight. I don't necessarily like that Sami Zayn's not on the team anymore, but I think Von Wagner was there for a reason. Okay, 
if you had to pick a most valuable player on SmackDown over the last six months, over the last six who, months, who would you pick? Oh, Roman other Ray. than Roman. Okay, Roman, other than other, <laughs> other than him. Oof. Over the last six months, I'll tell you who I think it should be. Oh my gosh, that's. I think Sami Zayn would have to be up there. I think Sami Zayn would be it. Because he turns in good matches. He's always there. You can beat him. It doesn't hurt him. He, he can just continue to go and go. You can do anything with that guy. I think he would be, if he had somebody like him to work with, he'd be a great babyface. They would love him as a babyface. But yet, if you don't have nobody to work with, you hurt yourself. Well, if you look at this roster, and this is something that we that we've talked about before, um, there's not a lot of guys on the SmackDown roster that have been booked to that upper level with the Roman Reigns. You got Drew McIntyre, which is pretty much it. He wasn't on the show. Yep, tonight. that's it. Yep, that that's it. And that's why they're now, like I hope they would be doing, they're building up Xavier Woods. They are building Ooh. up Xavier Woods. They are booking him seriously as a serious competitor he still likes to have fun in the king role but i thought his promo was really really good tonight where he can mold between having a good time living his dream as the king of the ring and then mold into something serious and you know say all right but now it's time to do some business tonight uh, i do like that range took the crown now you can see range come out i'm i'm predicting this next week he's dressed like a king I think he'll have the big robe on and everything. They may even put him on the deal and cart him to the ring. But I think, I, even though they did that with Corbin and uh, Nakamura, yeah, I think him it, Crown looked good on him too, <laughs> and the bloodline and all that. It's, I think it fits him. Yeah. So if he, as long as he's got that crown, then Xavier, he's got him a, he's got him a, he's he's, he's he has an opponent. Yeah, all the pieces and, are. All but I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no you're fine. Uh, all the pieces are falling into place here. Uh, you had the the Usos injure Kofi Kingston uh, last week. Now Roman Reigns, even though Xavier Woods won the matchup via disqualification tonight, and this this I know everybody on social media was was crapping all over the 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 bend the knee stipulation, but it's all about acknowledgement. That's what Roman Reigns has been doing for six months. Bending the knee. That's just Xavier Woods's version of acknowledge me. So that's what this was. Who is the real top dog without actually having the, the Universal Championship on the line tonight? And Xavier Woods looked like he had him beat. I thought that was a great match. I thought Xavier it Woods was. showed out tonight in the main event spot. Uh, he's finally getting an opportunity to prove what I've been saying for uh, for years now, that this guy is, is more than just a mid-level guy. And he had him beat tonight. Usos disqualified him or disqualified Reigns, and to Reigns' credit, he dropped to a knee, but it was only as the Usos put that crown on his head. So now they have injured Kofi Kingston. They have stolen the thing that Woods worked his entire life to get, and in eight days or so, he's going to be fighting Big E at Survivor Series. Everything mm -hmm. is starting to fall into place for Xavier Woods to be the guy to challenge Roman Reigns when he does his next title defense, probably at day one, New Year's Day in Atlanta. Everything is starting to fall into place. There's a there, there's now it's more than just about a title. Now it's personal. And that's gonna make for a good storyline moving forward, I think. No, that that was I, I'm glad they got something because 
you mentioned that uh, Drew McIntyre, but if they push him too fast, too soon, they're going to be in the same spot they were in two weeks ago. They don't. They didn't have any opponents except for McIntyre, and Brock took off. He, yeah. he went on vacation or wherever he went. So they have to really pace this. That's where good booking comes in. See, somebody was telling me one time about how to book. You do this and this, this. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> you got to book it first, and then you you got to shoot the angle. Then I've said this before. Your second step in that angle is the most important because you got to follow the first one. Then you got to pace it. Yeah, you can't really blow it off too soon. I mean, you can go ahead. Uh, that's what I had about the, the hated about the booking sometimes in TNA. They blow it off the door before it had time to people thinking about it. They's already into a cage match or something or a barbed wire match. I said, wait a minute. We need to, don't we need to, oh, no, no, no. Uh, you can't slow it down. So throw, throw everything you got at it. I said, okay. I mean, <laughs> if that's what you guys want to do, but I'm going to tell you, you need to let these people think a little bit. If you have a match, man, you have this match. And it's whatever. Oh, and then they come out right away. We booked them in a cage match next week. Well, why? Neither one of us has run off. We just had a hell of a fight. Right. So we have another, like, no DQ lead, leading up to it. Yeah. Or something. But, I mean, you can, it's like telling a story and you give away the finish before you get to the end of the second chapter. Yeah. It's why I don't like Hell in a Cell, like having its own event. Like Hell in a Cell should be the blow off of all blow offs. Like you guys have been through everything else, and this is going to be the so like Edge versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. That made a ton of sense when they did that in Saudi Arabia. Just throwing two people who have been feuding together for about four weeks because you need a Hell in a Cell match on a pay per view called Hell in a Cell that devalues <laughs> the match. Am I it wrong? Does. Yeah. Oh no, you're not wrong. I mean, I've seen a lot of things like that. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm thinking I'm in the business and I'm saying this doesn't make a damn bit of sense. You know, the fans, they're not stupid. These fans are, they've seen it all too. And they're thinking who in the hell is booking this crap? They know that they they're smart enough. They bring sides now who booked this shit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And if you if you did book it, you go, oh, I don't know. He he probably did over there, but but uh they're thinking the same thing. So you gotta kinda you gotta kinda read your audience and know what they were they will buy. When I booked Puerto Rico, and I know I keep talking about Puerto Rico, but it was so easy to book because I had them so educated that I basically I actually put the, the baby faces over almost every night. Because I gave them a finish. I didn't never give them a really a screw finish and, and, and let it go. You know, even when I beat the beat the baby faces, I have the baby face hurt his knee and he, like he was fighting with a disability and they take advantage of the knee and they finally beat him with that knee. But they beat him. So at least he had a reason. But nobody I, I give that finish to somebody one day and I said, Oh no, people won't believe that. I said, Well, they'll believe it if you make them believe it. That's yeah. up to you, kid. And I said, you, and I said, you got two choices. He said, what? I said, either quit or buy the company <laughs> and start paying me. Then we'll do what you want to do. Well, I can't do that. I said, well, I suggest you do it. And he did it, but it's, it's, it's a mindset that you put fans in 
and I don't know, I don't think SmackDown has found it. I don't think AEW found it because it's so elusive. It can come and fly out the door the same night. So if you if you if you're not watching and you don't know what you're doing. So but talking about Rampage as opposed to SmackDown, SmackDown wasn't a bad show. But it wasn't an over-the-top show. Remember Brock coming in and doing all that chaos? That's two weeks ago, right? Yeah, something like that. And that was that was that was that was a great start to a show. So, and I don't know who's booking AEW, but it, it's an enjoyable show, I think, because I've said this before. It's only an hour, and they show you a lot of people you've never seen before. So, yeah. there was a lot of people around that ring in that lumberjack match. <laughs> See, they showed the lumberjacks first. And I said, "Well, that's just going to be the lumberjacks." And then all of a sudden, you you go down there, and there's like twenty other lumberjacks too. I mean, why do you need your own lumberjacks when they got lumberjacks <laughs> down there? And that was, but anyway, it it, it it is what it is, and it was what it was. So, and, uh, the the thing again, the thing with that I like with AEW and Tony Khan, I do believe does most of the booking is if you go down like every rung on the card, whether it's main event, mid card, third tier, whatever it is, there is some kind of storyline. There is some kind of, of, of meaning to what's going on, and they continue those things. Everything has meaning to it. Whereas on SmackDown tonight, you could tell that, all right, they got this women's Survivor Series thing that they put some some time and effort into to try and, you know, build up Aaliyah a little bit and progress the thing with, with Naomi. And obviously if Roman Reigns is involved and it's the main event title scene, okay, cool. They got something, they know what they're doing there. And like I said, there's a lot of meat now with what they're doing with, with Xavier Woods and building up to that potential uh, title match uh, again, which I think will happen uh, at the end of the year. But then you look at some of the other guys right now, they don't either know what the hell they're doing with them or they just don't care. And case in point number one is Shinsuke Nakamura. I was going to bring that up. Your intercontinental champion who has not defended the title now in 50 days. You haven't even 50 days. He hasn't defended on TV in 50 days. I'd repossess it. He hadn't paid the bill in 50 days. They do this with him every time when they give him a championship, whether it's the intercontinental title twice now, or the United States Championship, it's basically a parking spot. They basically just give it to him. He doesn't do anything with it. And then when they finally do have him defend it, it's like on his second defense or third defense, he drops it. So he's got these months-long title reigns where he doesn't do anything with it. And this was my biggest fear when they put the title on him. Now they have him competing in the tag team division with Rick Boogs. And then what, <laughs> and then what happens tonight? You have a tag team match. Where Boogs could eat the pin. Yep. Instead, you have your intercontinental champion lose, presumably, by the way, a week before he takes on the United States champion at Survivor Series in what should be a major match that they haven't announced yet. And, oh, by the way, he's also facing Roman Reigns on Sunday at Tribute to the Troops, which we know Roman Reigns is going to win that match. So now Nakamura will have lost two matches to Angel Garza and Roman Reigns ahead of Survivor Series, and we're supposed to think he's going to beat Damian Priest, who hasn't lost a singles match yet since he got brought up to the main roster? It doesn't make any damn sense what they're doing with Nakamura, which is basically nothing. Nope. And I wouldn't even attempt to say, I don't even know where he's booked because I don't care. 
tell you the truth, because I hadn't done anything with him except put him with a guitar player. And I hate the song. I don't, to me, that song gets heat with me. <laughs> and he may be a great guitar player, but he doesn't, it doesn't help Nakamura. I don't think it helps him. No, I, at all. They've literally had shows where all they do is have Bugs play the guitar, Shinsuke dance down to the ring, and then and dance off. They did it at SummerSlam. That's literally all they did. They he didn't went down the Intercontinental title match. He danced down to the ring. Pat McAfee acted like an idiot on the table, and then he left. That was it. They just <laughs> introduced Shinsuke Nakamura as the Intercontinental Champion, and that's it. And now he's losing tag matches to Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, who couldn't even get on TV two months ago. Yep. It's, how do it's, you think? How do you think they will do? They have. I think they're great in the ring. They have potential. My problem with Humberto has always been he's just he's just very flat. He's got he's got that Dominic Mysterio thing where he doesn't really, if he has a personality, he doesn't show it on TV. Like he's just very. It feels like he's very timid when he's on there. Putting him with Angel Garza, who is all charisma, yeah, actually makes a ton of sense. I I like them as a team, but they shouldn't be beating the Intercontinental Champion in their first match on on SmackDown. In my opinion. You know, what happened What happened to jobbers? That's not all bad, you know. No. Because we're used to having people say, oh, I don't want to see those jobbers. But they can, every now and then, you can do it to advance a team. Instead of beating your regular talent, once you get beat there a couple of times, the people, they lose faith in you. If you want to build something, you got to build this guy whoever he is, Nakamura, let's say, that he has a potential to beat somebody. But to take him into a ring against two guys that I guess they kind of know him, Angel Garza, and what's the other kid's name? Umberto Carrillo. Yeah, and, and beat him. You know, I think it does more harm. than I don't even think it helps the guys that won. Do you think it helps them or no? I mean, if... If, well, Shinsuke that Nakamura, if, Shinsuke, if Shinsuke Nakamura didn't have the Intercontinental title around his waist, yep. no, I, I don't think it really would have. But because Nakamura hasn't been doing anything, he hasn't been winning. Right. Hell, when they first put the title on him, they started building up Rick Boogs. Boogs was the one who was wrestling matches, not Shinsuke. Yeah. And then they bring back Apollo Crews for like a week to challenge Nakamura. Nakamura retains the title. Then they move Apollo over to Raw. And then he comes out like two weeks ago to challenge Damian Priest for the United States title. We haven't seen him since over there either. Yeah. So they're not doing anything with him over there. Do you think they should even have the United States and Intercontinental Championships if they're not going to be doing anything with them? Not really. I don't, I don't think they should. But it's not up to me. It's up to them. So. I mean, I it, isn't the point of having those mid-card championships – one, it gives guys who aren't in the main event scene something to fight for. But two, aren't don't you use those titles to elevate guys to let you know these are the dudes who are on the doorstep of heading to that main event level? Isn't that what they're supposed to be there for? That's why I say you need to use job guys in the place of Nakamura and Bugs tonight. <clears throat> the guys who got over just as much. I think it actually it didn't even help them by beating Nakamura tonight. I don't think. 
I mean, you think anybody, somebody in Wichita, Kansas, smoking a cigarette and saying, well, damn, beat that damn Nakamura again. They don't give a crap. But so if you had two two job guys that are pretty decent, I mean, you you looked over at AEW, they have guys that they would use for job guys in WWE. They're the best, say Dante Martin, he's the best on the card over there. And WWE would use him just to put guys over. But they're using him very, very good, and they're getting him over. Yes, because yes. he has he has an unusual style. He has an unusual look, really. Where's he from? Oh, uh, that I'm not sure. To be completely honest with you, let's look him up. Old... But he had a he has an unusual look and an unusual style. Checking. Uh, he is from. Oh yeah, he's duh. He was the hometown guy tonight. He's from. Uh, oh Minnesota. yeah, that's that's right. Same so, Paul. Yeah, but. They've got him over now more than I think WWE could get him over in two years. Probably not wrong. Because, but because they put him out there. Yeah, the, he his first several matches, I mean, he had one against Kenny Omega. Like, look, he, he lost. He lost a lot. But how things happen, they made him look fantastic in defeat, and the crowd really started getting behind him because they wanted to see him win, and that's how they really started to help get him over as he was putting on great performances and the, and the crowd was they were reacting yes so when a good booker he looks at that and he says hmm these people are reacting the guy lost but they're still reacting so now he has a chemistry with the audience that if you actually uh uh went after it to see how far you could take this guy and who knows how far they can take this kid. If he doesn't get a big head or he doesn't listen to, if they tell him the right things to do, I think you got a star there. Oh, Be- because, because the people, I think that they like him. They like his style. And he's the type of guy you could get sympathy on. Cause I don't think he's a big talker. He doesn't look like a big talker, right? He doesn't look All like right. it now. Have you ever but heard? I, him talk? I, think, I think he'll get, I think, He's all right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, that's that's his best game is talking, but you know, he's got he's got potential to get better. Well, there. even even by not talking, if he can uh, reach a connection with the audience, he's got them. Yeah. Look at Adam Page now. He didn't say that much, but he connected. Mm-hmm. And he connected to me, and I've never even heard him talk before. And he just told them straight up. See, that's the way I used to do interviews. I never screamed and hollered and shouted. I talked in a normal tone of voice, but, you know, and it, it got over. But the words still the words still had meaning. They still had power there behind them. And they, they felt it. you got to make the people feel the interview. So any of you people, guys listening in, you want to go into wrestling, you know, you got to talk a good game too, even if you don't talk that much. You got to talk in a believable tone and say believable things. Unless, are you just going to lose your audience? So that, and that's what WWE. I don't think they do because I don't. I don't think they understand some of the things that people would say to each other. Uh, that is for damn sure. Especially See how a lot of a lot of times the writers in WWE they don't want them to have any kind of wrestling 
knowledge beforehand. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. We, we've seen that play out before. Yeah. Well, they don't want – if you have knowledge of something that happened five years ago, well, your, your worth goes down because they think, well, you, you're, you're damaged. You're prejudiced or you're biased, you know, because you might like a guy and start writing stuff just for him. But they want guys with no experience, and they just want writers is all they want. But the deal in just being a writer, how could you have a guy, a writer, write anything about two guys who are going to fight who never really been in a fight themselves? How can you do that? Because they don't know what to say. Uh, it would be good. That's where I think if you're going to have this system, you need, you need people with different skill sets, like a writer's room and an, for like a talk show you have, you could have somebody who is a wrestling expert who can't write worth a damn, but you have somebody who can write, who can write dialogue, who speaks eloquently, who has a great vocabulary and you guys can collaborate and come up with something that makes sense. But however, but, the system is working right now. It ain't doing that. Yeah, but you have to write for the character. Yes. And you got to write for the person that you think can deliver it. See, a lot of guys who've never done interviews before, oh, you can say, okay, here's, here's your interview. You can hand him a sheet of paper, and he can read it, and, but he doesn't get it. Right. He, he doesn't actually get it, and it's not their fault because they're not trained that way. But WWE doesn't have time to train guys to do interviews Allegedly and supposedly, you should know how to do an interview before you get there. So if you don't, and they're going to judge you on that too. That's why you you might see somebody on a week or two, and then all of a sudden they're gone. They're gone. And why? Well, you you never know. But it's so easy. It's so easy to get on that uh, that list of not worth it, and it doesn't take. Anybody saying, "Ah, oh, he's he's not good. He can't talk." Oh, Vince, you just gotta ask him around a creative meeting. How is uh so and so? And they go, eh, "That's it." Vince don't have time for, eh. you know, he wants guys that he thinks that can draw some money and draw some interest. So if they're just along the level of, eh, well, he's wasting his time, and he's been known just to sign them and then let them go. Uh, well, we've, we've definitely I hate seen it. that in the last and I, 18 months. And I, and I hate that. And the thing about letting all that talent go, where's that talent going to go to? AEW can't take them all. No. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, I would, full, they're full up anyway. There's, there's at least 80 to 90 stars that have been let go in the last 18 months that are still – so they're going to that, that aren't in Impact, that aren't in MLW, that aren't in uh, AEW. They're on yep. the Indies right now, and the Indies can only take them. But the Indies can't pay them what they. I don't know what WWE. What does WWE pay those guys in in Orlando? Oh, um, yeah, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know where to start on that one. To be completely honest with you, I, I remember one. They they offered AJ Styles some low amount, and he said, "I'm not doing that. I make more than that on the independence." Is that what? Is that when they wanted to send him to Cincinnati? Cincinnati had a uh, developmental. Yeah, territory they, at one they, time. when uh, it, so AJ Styles was in WCW at the time, 
and he was like getting an offer to go to WWE. They wanted him to come to Cincinnati to be in the developmental. I think they wanted him to go to um, uh, Les Thatcher School. I think they wanted yeah. him to work up there. And he said no. He said no. And I'm wondering, yeah, if, that, I'm wondering if the money had something to do with that. Because he said it was a lot to oh. do with his wife and wanting to stay in Georgia and this, that, and the other thing. So that made a ton of sense. But I'm wondering if the money played in a, played a part in that as well. Oh, the money played the, the biggest part of it. If they'd have actually come up on it. But he didn't want to move to Cincinnati. Because he's got his wife, he's got two kids, and he wants to stay close to home. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. So, and then he actually, he, he went to Japan, stayed there, I don't know, a couple of years. And then he actually signed a deal, I think, with Impact. And then he, they said he signed, but he didn't sign. Then the next thing you know, he's going to, he's going to WWE. So he was in he was in TNA and Impact for the longest time. I think he signed one after he he, he left there. Yeah, he did. Uh, and yeah. Then I think he signed another one. So I don't I don't know that 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 time I was there and it's it all runs together. But I think AJ is a great guy and a tremendous tremendous asset in that ring. Uh, there's I nothing there's nothing that guy can't do. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I wish he would have come over to SmackDown as a singles competitor because I think SmackDown desperately needs him. And that brings us to the question of the night. Uh, Kamar wondering, who is who is Roman Reigns going to lose a match against? Uh, honestly, right now, I think they have guys on the card that they could build up and put into that spot. And they're doing a great job with, with Xavier Woods right now. Drew McIntyre, they're giving him wins, even though he wasn't on the show tonight. I thought that was a, a weird thing. I thought maybe that he would have done another open challenge tonight, um, especially coming off that match that he had with uh, with Ricochet, which was uh, fantastic. Um, but McIntyre is right there. He's possible. I think Brock Lesnar is the guy that makes the most sense and is the most um, probable to do it, but that's not a win that that Brock needs. You have booked Roman Reigns so well over the last year now. A win over him makes a guy. So I think you got to make a guy. The question is, who's that guy are you going to make right now on the SmackDown roster? There is none. Unless it's Xavier. No, there, there is. There, there is. Well, I know you, you like Xavier, but there's a, a big size differential. Vince still likes size. That's okay. why he liked Brock, and Brock could back up what he said. But I, I think Xavier's past is so checkered, and he's done so much. And I don't know, and I may be wrong, and I think they started taking him a little more seriously tonight. And if he if they, he can get him again in that bubble, that he has a chance, or if you bring Big E into it and say you got a chance, and you bring in Kofi in it, and they all just just barrage him, for the three weeks before the pay-per-view, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And if they believe and they can sell that, you can sell the fans. And then there may be a way to do it. I, I think, But I think be. WWE, they're afraid to pull that trigger on beating Roman because if it backfires, they're really screwed. Yeah. So... A good point. Anyway. He might have that belt for two years, but if I if I had to guess, I would put my money right now on either McIntyre 
or or it being uh, Brock Lesnar. To be okay, what about Jeff Jeff Hardy? He's an that, opponent for from pay per view to pay per view. I, I that's one of the things that I was uh, I was starting to get into when you dropped off there for a second. This is a guy that is still a major asset to this company. Sure is. His his booking has been abysmal for pretty much two years now, but the guy is he's a freaking legend. He's still yeah. over with the crowd. He they still has equity him. built up. He's a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. It would not take much to polish him up and put him in the main event scene for one mm -hmm. more run with the WWE Championship or the Universal title. It would not take much at all. All they got to do is I pull the trigger on the guy. Yeah, I think he needs a little bit of a kicker, something to happen that really kind of gets the juices flowing in him. And again, but I think if, if you get uh, Woods going and you get uh, Jeff going and you get McIntyre going, now you've got three choices. That's a hell of a lot more than they got now. Yes, wholeheartedly. And I mean, agree. If he's going through every challenger, every pay-per-view, every month, I think you need to take some of those, especially like McIntyre, at least stretch it out to two pay-per-views. At least two. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's and that's where they got the buffer here, at least, with Survivor Series, because you know he's going to be fighting Big E, and then the next pay-per-view after that is day one. So presumably that's where I think he would face Xavier Woods. And then after that, you got the Royal Rumble, and now you're building towards WrestleMania season. So you probably got stuff set with Brock and what, what, there. Why don't you call those people up and give them that idea? And just say, and all you, all you got to do is say this. You know, guys, it sounds a little bit like Vince. You know, guys, me and Dutch were just talking about this the other day, and we think, by God. And what's the worst thing they can say is no. Like, or, or shut the hell up. <laughs> you said, all right. And then Tennessee, uh, I know who you are, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna come to Stanford, and when you come out of that office, I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Another yeah. name, by the way, Dutch, real quick, that I would throw in there, and you brought him up earlier, is Sami Zayn. I think if that's a yeah, guy, they need to do something with him. I like him. I love him. His contract is up in January or February, so they may not do a whole lot with him until he resigns, if he resigns. Um. But I think that's a guy who, yes, he is a fantastic baby face. He's fantastic at everything that he does. And this is a guy who should have been a world champion a long time ago. I'm not saying he should be the guy that should beat Roman Reigns, but he's a guy you could build up today. Again, start building him up and get him into that top baby face role, and at least he could be an opponent. And you're like, mm -hmm. again, it's options. If you're going to keep this thing with Roman Reigns going, you need options. And right now they don't really have any. Did the demon go to Raw? He did. Well, Finn Balor went to Raw and Seth Rollins. Somebody brought it. Where is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, Monet here saying it should have been Seth that, that beats Roman Reigns. I'm surprised we never got that Seth Rollins Roman Reigns matchup and they move Rollins over to Raw. So now that's not going to happen for, for, for a long time. Edge is over on Raw. Daniel Bryan's in another company. They already did Cesaro. We already talked about Shinsuke Nakamura. They ain't doing anything with him right now. Nope. So I he think we're, I, I think the ones we pick. McIntyre and uh, Woods and uh, Big E. Who else did we pick? Well, Big E's over on Raw, but he's gonna okay. he's fighting. Uh, Les, uh, but uh, Kofi's right. still there, right? Kofi is still there, and he's a former World Champion, correct? He is. Yep. That's and he hadn't he, he hadn't had a match against Reigns yet, has he? <sighs> no. Well, they got a little room. I think 
their bench is a little stronger now than it was when I first started on this show because they didn't have a bench. But slowly, and then when they get kind of a get a bench, then they swap the talent around. Yeah. Now they start, and I think that's a good thing too because, you know, because if you got the same talent over and over. But what I get mad about SmackDown is, you know, I, I saw the the loss. Uh, what's her name? The Lotharios tonight oh. against Nakamura. I said, I hope this is not a deal that they go week and week and week in and week out with. Because that would get old really, really quick. Well, don't forget, two weeks ago on Halloween, they had Bugs and Nakamura lose to Madcap, your boy Madcap Moss and, and King Corbin. And now they're having them lose to Umberto and Angel Garza. So I'm pretty sure they'll probably lose to somebody else next week. And then the week after that. Why don't they lose that. to the girls? I'm just saying, I'll just put the Natalia in there and, and bring Nia Jax back and just have beat the crap out of them. I'm all for intergender wrestling. Hey, so Nia Jax, possible. when she got released, did that surprise you? Oh, hell yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, so we I talked about what that kind last of, What kind of talk you, you did, did you think went on in the bloodline when that happened? I can't even begin. <laughs> uh, I can't even begin to speculate on that, to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't think they'd be too happy about it. No. But I don't. I, I, but I, I think she she'll be okay. I, I would love. I, I talked about this on the podcast when her non compete is up. I would love to see her in AEW because I am a sucker for a good story. And I think Nia Jax heading to AEW to fight Britt Baker would be fantastic. Because before Britt Baker ended up in AEW, the one big thing that she was really known for was her match on Raw where she got squashed by Nia Jax. And I think it would be tremendous to kind of revisit that history and play off of that and have that be nice well, introduction into aw if they could have a baby face girl said i got a surprise for you we're going to unveil her and just throw a sheet over and bring her out and when you pull it off everybody's going to know who she is yep but breaker freaks out and then let them go a couple of weeks and then have nia jackson team up with brit what a heel team you'd have then uh yeah you could have that i sooner or later though i think they got to turn Britt baker babyface i know she's a fantastic heel but she's over with the crowd they love her well you got to well, start if I you go on that route, sense to bring naya in as a heel and face babyface Britt baker to my me personally but that's just yeah but i had that later yeah. you bring her in as a tag team partner then they split then she she they lose something or whatever and then then nia just beats the crap however puts her out for a week or two, then she comes back. Now you got something going. Now she's a baby face. And uh, here's I think the, she'd get a, I, I think she'd get over too. Here, here's the other, uh, everybody else tossed, uh, tossing this out one. A lot of people want to see Nia Jax versus Nyla Rose and just, uh, just watch those two ladies just beat the hell out of each other. I, I would, I would be all uh, for that. All right, Dutch, any, uh, any final thoughts uh, tonight nope. on Rampage Smackdown, anything, anything you got okay. going on? Well, you know, my computer went down a couple of days ago, and I'm really teed off. But my website is up, dirtydutsvantail.com, so go over there and check it out. It's a bunch of stories. If you find a story page, you know, it's all those stories that, that I've written. And you, you can spend, I don't know, an hour or there just reading the stories. And uh, every word was written by me. If you want to talk to me, dirtydutsvantail at gmail.com. You can get me there. 
on Twitter, I'm Dirty D Mantel. And I, I was talking politics today, and a bunch of people got mad at me. I don't give a crap. And uh, on uh, Instagram, I'm Dirty Dutchman One. I don't know why I don't get the damn. Is that hard to get or no? What do you mean? The, the you... little blue check mark. Dude, I've been trying for months. I, I don't. Yes. It's, I, yeah. Did you tell them you knew me? I haven't. Maybe I should try that. Yeah, just tell them, just drop my name. And then next thing you hear is click, you they'll just hang up. So. Yeah, it'd be the same exact thing as if I called WWE. Hey, you WWE know if Bolin got one, you can get one. I would think. I've been denied <laughs> six damn times. Can't figure it out. Okay, I'm going to take a little football talk. A lot of talk of upsets tomorrow. I need them. A lot of talk. Purdue over who they play in? Ohio State. Give me the spoiler uh, makers one more time, please. I need chaos in the Big Ten for my 10 and 0 Bearcats. Well, name somebody. They said uh, I need Oklahoma. Ohio. Oklahoma's on upset alert. Yeah, I need, I need Oklahoma to lose. I need Ohio State to lose. They uh, own it too. I need Notre Dame to win. So none of that that talk there. Uh, <laughs> if Alabama could lose again, that would be great. Well, they're not going to lose. Oregon could lose. I'd love that a lot. There's 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 a lot of teams in front that uh, and behind that I'm a little nervous about because I still think UC is going to go 13 and 0 and they'd put a two loss Alabama team in over the Bearcats. I think your team's going to be in. I'm hoping they got to go undefeated. They ain't playing good football right now. When are they going to that 12 man 12 team format? 2024. They, they haven't even agreed on anything yet. Okay. They haven't. They haven't. As right now, it's still four until the end of time until they uh, they come to uh, an agreement on that. Uh, we do appreciate everybody uh, joining in the chat and getting all your questions in and all your fantasy booking. We love you guys as always. Thank you for engaging with the show. Uh, follow me at Rick Uchino, as you see right there on the screen. Also, guys, if you're going to be up for a little bit, take 10 minutes out of your time. Go on to the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel right now. I dropped an interview with the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, earlier today, talking about tribute to the troops, talking about Becky Lynch, Lib Morgan, uh, and so much more, Montez Ford. Uh, make sure to check that out. Give us the old thumbs up there. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you. And make sure to subscribe to that Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. We are closing in on 20,000 subscribers. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Uh, it is uh, way past our bedtime, Dutch. Uh, I appreciate it. Is. Well, hopefully we'll get Sid back next week. Everything will be great. Be a good show as always. Thank you, guys. We'll see you. Enjoy your weekend. See you, guys. I got that live. I got there we go. All right. And three, two, and one. Hey, there, everyone. Rick Uchino here again for the Sports Heater Wrestling YouTube channel. If you don't know my guest at this time, you should. Royal Rumble winner, former SmackDown Women's Champion, the EST of WWE, Bianca Bella. Claire joins me here today. Bianca, how are we doing? I am doing good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I get to talk to Bianca Belair today. I mean, it's like <laughs> 9, 9 in the morning and you know, my day's already made. Um, very fitting that uh, today is uh, Veterans Day as uh, there's a lot of big uh, events coming up. But this Sunday, uh, it is the annual tribute to the Troop Show, which you will be taking part in for the uh, second consecutive year. So uh, uh, always a special moment to get to take uh, part in one of these shows. Definitely. Last year was my first year being able to be a part of it. This year is my second year, and I was very excited to to be a part of it. And um, I'm very excited for my match that that's going to air this Sunday on Fox. It's going to be versus Liv Morgan. So um, it's going to be a great match, and it's always a great event. I'm just super uh, happy and blessed and grateful to be a part of it. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, you are uh, married to a veteran, uh, so obviously there's a, a big tie-in. So this event has to mean a lot uh, for you know, your family. I got to talk to Montez ahead of last year's, uh, and you know, also uh, this has got to be a bit special because last year's event, you were in the Thunderdome when you team with Sasha Banks. Now this year, you actually get to be in front of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year it was my very first time, and I was actually teaming up with Sasha Banks. So we were in a tag team match last year. We were in the Thunderdome, which was which was a um unusual time when we didn't have our fans and we had to adjust and had we had virtual fans so uh yeah. but it's it, nothing compares to having our fans and so to be able to be a part of tribute to the troops this year in front of fans um it, it, it's amazing and and you know our fans is 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 what it's all about you know we can't do what we do without our fans so and yeah i'm, I'm married to montez fort which is one half of the street profits he's a he's a veteran he's a marine so um i feel like i got to be a part of tribute to the troops and kind of represent for him so it was really cool i did want to ask you about uh, tez real quick because you know for everything that we see on on social media the bit that we get to see on screen obviously you two uh when it comes to uh relationships i mean that's goals for like for everybody you know everybody can see be that uh but even you know the, the brief parts where you guys have been on television to uh, together the chemistry is just off the charts between you two would you like to work more you know with tez you know in in storyline and on screen or do you guys just kind of like doing your own separate thing um either both you know i think we both enjoy kind of doing our own thing because we can kind of stand on our own and he has uh, uh dawkins with him who, who's his tag team partner and they have a lot of chemistry and create magic in the ring as a tag team and you know i like going off and being an independent woman doing my own thing as bianca Belair and and have making you know making my achievements but i think later on down the line after i've kind of done i feel like most of everything that i can do is bianca Belair, and he's done everything he can do as a street prophet maybe later on down the line we'll get together and create magic in the ring like like we create magic in real life it'll be fun i always say i'm blessed to do uh what i love with the person that i love and it's always fun just being with him and around him if you if anybody knows him or has been around him or has watched him on a television screen he's just he just has so much joy <laughs> Yes, so and that, and that really just rubs off on you and it rubs off with whoever's watching. So I would love to work with him. But I think, you know, let, let's 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 see what we can do on our own, do on our own first. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have uh, accomplished a lot uh, on your own, uh, had a heck of a, uh, a 2020 and 2021. Um, I did want to ask you about uh, your opponent uh, this Sunday in uh, Liv Morgan. I know. Uh, you were just in the ring with her on on Monday. Now that matchup for the number one contendership for the Raw Women's title did not go your way, and I know you would much rather have had your hand raised than hers at the end. But uh, Liv Morgan is somebody that we in the media, the fans, they see the the work that she's put in, how far she's mm -hmm. come, and to finally you know get this opportunity. So uh, I know you would rather be the number one contender, but you know how's it? Uh, What's it like to, to see Liv Morgan kind of grow now and, and get this opportunity for herself? Yeah, listen, you know, I, I always would love to be the number one contender. You know, I want to become Raw Women's Champion um, just as much as anyone else. But at the end of the day, Liv Morgan is someone who has been here. She's putting the time. She's putting the hard work. Everyone works hard. But, you know, I think everyone sees that it, this is Liv Morgan's time. Um, I'm so happy for her. I'm someone who can I know how to clap for other people when it's not my time. And it's Liv Morgan's time right now. And trust me, I, I'm I'm the person giving a round of applause right now. Um, I'm rooting for Liv Morgan. Uh, she she just 
she, it's just something so magical and endearing about Liv Morgan. It's something that makes you just want to get behind her and root for her. So I'm always excited to get in the ring with her, uh, especially for a tribute to the troops. I was excited to know that we were going to get to be in the ring together. And even with the Fatal Five Way, hey, it's each person for their own. I'm just glad that Carmella didn't sneak the win, <laughs> that Liv Morgan kind of came in and saved the day. So I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Liv Morgan. All right. Uh, Liv, of course, will. Uh, we don't know when she's going to get that opportunity, but she will be taking on uh, Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, no. which is somebody that you have now wrestled uh, all over the freaking world from Saudi Arabia to all across the uh, the United States. I know this feud didn't start out the, the way that, uh, that you wanted, but uh, now that you have had gotten to work several uh, matches with her that were more than 20 seconds long, um, you know, what was it like to, to mix it up with her in the ring and... Um, you know, just to get that experience uh, with her and being really her first big feud back from that lengthy hiatus. Yeah, you know, getting in the ring with Becky Lynch, I was very excited about that. I mean, it's it's Becky Lynch is the man, you know, she already has an amazing legacy that she started. So to be a part of it, it's really cool. I always want to be a part of big moments and moments that people are going to be talking about for a very long time, which SummerSlam is a moment that everybody's still talking about, even though yeah. I lost my title in 26 seconds. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm never going to stop. Uh, I'm never going to let up. I'm going to keep coming co coming back forward to hopefully one day where it'll come back around. But to get in the ring with Becky Lynch and continue to get in the ring with her, I love and capitalize on any moment that I feel like can make me grow as a competitor and make me grow as a performer. And Becky Lynch does that. She pushes you to the limit. You know, her having a baby and coming back and everyone wondering, will she be the same? Will she not? And to be able to get in the ring with her and show everyone and she she also shows me that she's not just the same, she's better. Um, it's it's really cool to to be a part of that legacy, part of Becky Lynch's legacy in that moment. Um, and also have Becky Lynch be a part of my legacy as well in, in the very beginning of my legacy that I have now. But it's really cool and fun to get in the ring with Becky Lynch. Like you said, I didn't realize that how much we've traveled the world with each other um, yeah. <laughs> and had different matches all across the world. So it's it's really cool. Uh, you've now been in the ring with all uh, four of the uh, horsewomen. And now this might be a very, very difficult question because they're all fantastic. But who do you think brings the best out of you in the ring when you're in there with her? Um, that's a very hard question because they all bring something different out of me. Um, you know, that's not, I, I can't answer that one question because they all bring something different. You know, Bailey was the person who really uh, introduced me to uh, the, the WWE universe in the very beginning, um, really showcased who I was as the ESC WWE and getting in uh, Hell in a Cell with Bailey pulled out my tenacity. Uh, getting in the ring with Sasha Banks, I mean, we had a, a, a historical match that won an SB from it, so she brings the absolute best out of me. Getting in the ring with Becky Lynch, she brings something out of me that I think a lot of people haven't seen before, where it's like I have to just never give up and I have to keep coming after her and, sh and show that um, you know, no matter what happens, I'm not I'm not going to make excuses for myself and really brings out, you know, my morals and my values in me of not cheating, but w wanting to win the right way. And Charlotte Flair, calling, she calls herself the queen and getting in the ring with Charlotte Flair, you know, you have to be the best. And I have to show that I'm superior just like her. So they, like, they just bring so much out of me in different ways that I really just can't pick one. <laughs>
No, I get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, I know we're on a, a bit of a time crunch here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask uh, about WrestleMania 38. It's being billed the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Tickets yes. officially on sale today uh, as of, uh, you know, when this uh, uh, recording comes out. Right now it's Thursday, but it's coming out tomorrow. Um, are you happy to see this uh, stay a two-night event? This is something that has been uh, relatively new, and now they're they're keeping it going here. Definitely. I mean, with WrestleMania being the most, you know, stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, um, I'm definitely excited for it to be a two-night event. Last year was, a, was the first time it was a two-night event, and we got to main event on the first night. So yeah. just more opportunities for more people. And, you know, I think everyone's so excited about WrestleMania when it comes about. It'll be April, on April 2nd, April 3rd this year in Dallas, the, a the AT&T Stadium. But anytime we can get any more WrestleMania matches and any more moments for that. I think everyone's for that. I'm super excited for it. And this year is going to be stupendous. <laughs> uh, real quick, last question. A, a kind of a, a dream scenario for you at WrestleMania 38, because now uh, you're, you're on the chase now. Uh, thanks to Dewdrop uh, this past Monday. Uh, you, for the, a lot, the time being, you're out of the title picture. So now you're back on the chase. You're trying to get uh, back on that winning track. What's that mm -hmm. dream scenario for you at, uh, at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas? Well, the, dream, the dream scenario for me is to either be at WrestleMania going for the Raw Women's Championship or defending it if if the opportunity presents itself for me to be Raw, Raw Women's Champion at that time and to be the main event again. Uh, you know, just I want to keep proving that, I, that I'm the, a main event caliber athlete and competitor and performer. I think we proved it last year, but I would love to be in the main event again with one of the four horsewomen or, um, you know, my goal is to take all, all four of them down by pinfall. So maybe I could take one of them down this year by pinfall at WrestleMania. Well, there you go. And, and by the way, you prove that every single week, whether it's a, a one arm press with Sasha Banks in Saudi Arabia or a double freaking powerbomb on Monday Night Raw. Trust me, you never cease to amaze us, Bianca. I really, really appreciate the time. Always look forward to uh, watching in the ring and uh, uh, good luck moving forward. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much.